As you know, there's another round of UCU strikes coming up. So me and Ben are back again for another breakout episode of PGR Striker to give you the latest. Yeah, we're going to chat a little bit and then we're going to replay the first PGR Striker we did, which goes over everything you need to know about the strikes and what doctoral researchers can do to get involved and why they should. Yeah, and you might find it helpful to recap on the other episodes that we did from during the last dispute, hearing other people's voices about why they're striking. So how are you feeling about the the next round of strikes, B? Ah, <laughs> well, um, strikes are tiring, and I think probably when we when we recorded the first um, episode ahead of that, I hadn't been prepared for quite how um, exhausting it would be. So you know, I'm a bit uh, aware of that. Managing this round of strikes is going to be 14 days, so it's more days than the last strike but it's spread over more time and there's gaps in between so actually I'm feeling more prepared for it and I've got a better idea about what it is that PGRs can do to have the biggest impact and also more than anything it's necessary and as a result of our last action we've made some progress which I can talk about um, and that means really that the, the ball's in our court and by taking this action it's, I'm confident that we can push things forward yeah, it seems like there's been some movement, which we'll, which we'll talk about in a sec. Just just to reflect on the mammoth effort you put in during the last <laughs> strike. I was exhausted and I, um, I couldn't make up all the pickets, but you were organising so much and doing uh, speeches and things, which, which was great. So well done. Uh, OK, so can you give us an update of where we are compared to last time? Yeah, so um, as people might be aware, and we, we'll mention, so I won't go over it, there's this two disputes that we're currently at Southampton um, in dispute over. Um, so for the four fights, which is the pay inequality, casualisation, workload and below inflation pay rise, before the last round of action, then uh, the employer was saying that they couldn't negotiate with us on the equality part. So stuff to do with pay inequality, casualisation and workload. They said they had no mandate from their, uh, from the universities they represent to talk about that, only the pay side. So we were really stalled on making any progress at all. As a result of the action, they have now agreed to negotiate on the, all those aspects and have come out with an offer, um, which wasn't um, any good <laughs> yet. So it was rejected by our um, higher education committee nationally, but it shows that not only have they come back to the table, they have begun to put forward, you know, um, solutions on some of those aspects. So with that side, there's been progress, um, not maybe as quick as we'd like, but it's happened. It's moved as a, as a consequence entirely of the action that we've put on, because before the strike action, there was no there was no um, notion that this would be on the horizon. And then pensions, I must admit, uh, this is an area of weakness for me. I don't understand it as well as others. There's some really good stuff out there. But the specific dispute is around contribution rates. And again, the UK who negotiate with us on on that side are consulting their members about um, whether or not to pass on extra payer pension contributions to the employer or not staff and so negotiations are ongoing there's also been some what they call tripartite talks around um the joint expert panel which was set up after the last strikes and kind of thinking ahead for the future validation and methodology for the for the pension scheme so there's lots of stuff happening there's some really good blogs out there which kind of update um but there hasn't been any offer as of yet with the pensions dispute uh but it's moving 
Great. So this strike is uh, really important to keep the keep the pressure up. Yeah, and I think what people that I've spoken to in the union have said is that the reason why the strike is important is because there is anti-trade union laws which have been put in place, which mean that we have a limited ballot. So we can only take strike action within six months of the ballot and that's coming to an end soon and the employers would quite like to kick the can down the road so that we're out of that ballot period and then we have to reballot. Um, and they would like to like you know put it on hold with the hope that we don't then meet the next ballot and I think we should be prepared to reballot if necessary however taking action now 14 days across four weeks very similar to the USS pension dispute of a few years ago which hit them hard and it caused a lot of problems they are worried about that they're pretending that it's not having an impact but it of course it's having an impact that's a lot of teaching time that's been lost and they want to avoid it and obviously the best way of avoiding disruption is for them to come up with a meaningful offer um which hopefully as a result of this action they will do yeah and um obviously 14 is it 14 more universities have, have uh, reballoted and, and are taking strike action yeah, that's right. And so um, there were some, some universities before that were really, really close and they've been reballoted and now passed. So we've got extra universities on board. So now collectively we represent about 1.2 million students. So, you know, this is not not insignificant numbers. It's big universities that are out in, and are joining in the action. Um, and also we're, we're attracting members. We're growing as a result. So, um yeah, we're definitely strengthened by everything we've been doing, even though people individually might be feeling a bit battered and bruised and exhausted. As a union, we're in a really strong position. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of students supporting as well around the country, which is which is great. Um, what I took from the last strike, and you can hear on the, um, the other episodes, is the solidarity that was built amongst staff who don't normally talk to each other. Um, who didn't know that they're in the same boat as so many other people, and that that was great. So, my advice from the the time that I spent on the picket is go along to your nearest picket line and uh, and get chatting to people. It's really valuable and um, really helps build spirits. Absolutely, and it makes it you know striking is collective action. It's not individual, and you talk to other people about the issues, and it's oh wow, it's a. Uh, you said sort of like how involved I got and that was for the reason that you spend time on the picket lines and in the rallies and thinking about these issues and it's infuriating and so I kind of got sucked in with that wanting to do everything I could because the state of higher education is outrageous that we're in the state we're in and we have a potential with these disputes to really push back against decades of attack so you know if you've been complaining about overworking the crap situation with casual PGR teaching and, and and all of this stuff lack of supervision and support, mental health resources, they're all tied into this dispute so it just feels like the most concentrated way we can kick back on all these issues that I know everybody's affected by Exactly, like getting PGRs involved now for their own benefit for the future is super important so um, if you're listening and, uh, and, and uh, supporting the fight have a chat with your colleagues in your office and uh, get them out too yeah, and on that, in terms of um, PGR impact in particular, I think one thing I'd sort of add is about the visibility and thinking strategically about what has the biggest impact. Um, I've been made aware that quite a lot of PGRs participated in the strike, but maybe didn't feel confident to go along to the picket lines or rallies, and so they were maybe a bit invisible. So I'd really encourage PGRs, if you teach, obviously to strike, but also put out posters in your offices go down to the picket lines in Southampton we're having a big PGR day the first day of the strike which is Thursday and also on the Wednesday of the of the following week 
um, to try and get everyone out together so we can meet up, go out together, be, be together as PDRs and show you that we're not divided. Um, yeah, just increase that visibility. Great. Anything else you want to talk about before we get into the original episode? The final thing would be about what it is that we're asking for. Um, yeah, there's a lot of much better sort of yeah. criteria for success. Yeah, exactly. And a, a lot of people said before they weren't entirely clear. We're, we're in effect in dispute over five issues and it's difficult to, it's easy to say what the problems are. It's less easy to say the solutions. So there's some really good materials been put out about what it is that we're actually fighting for. I'm not going to go over them again, but we're going to link those in the episode show notes. So B, what's your role in all this? Well, I'm a PhD student here at the University of Southampton, but also I'm a member of the UCU Executive Committee here at the Southampton branch. And my role on the branch is to represent um, postgraduate researchers, which we call PGRs, and to be the link between the union and the student's union, keeping the undergrad students up, up to date with what the union's doing. Fantastic. So we've got a strike coming up. Um, could you explain why why there is a UCU strike? Yeah, so the strike has been called over two separate issues. Um, the first is a continuation really of the strike that took place last year in 2018 over changes to the USS pension scheme. Um, there is quite a lot of information out there if people want to check it out about what's been going on with the pension scheme, but over this particular issue, um, members' contributions have been rising and the value of what their pension's worth at the end has been falling. And so the current dispute is particularly around uh, blocking any further rises to pension contributions for members. Um, so if I'm correct, I think it, it's currently 9.6% of the salary um, and it was 8% before the last strike. So it's already gone up and it could go up as far as 11% in 2021 on current projections. So paying more for... Paying more for pensions um, is one aspect. And then the yeah. other aspect that we've balloted over and are striking over is what's known as four fights, one voice. Um, and that's because it's about paying conditions. And so it is about four issues. One of them is pay. One of them is uh, workload, casualisation, and then equality, which covers things like the pay gap. And I can go into more about the different aspects if that's helpful. Sure. So we're both PGR research, uh, postgraduate researchers. We're doing our PhDs. Um, I voted yes for uh, on the ballot because I'm a I'm a teaching student, mm-hmm. um, so I got I got to vote. Um, but I'm an, I'm not quite sure exactly how how this applies to my current situation and um, how it might apply in the future. Could you explain how these these issues affect PGRs and? why we should be striking. Yeah, I can try and do that. I think the first thing that might be worth saying quite early on is that, yes, not all PGRs will have had a vote. Um, and that's because there's different types of membership in UCU. Um, so members that, and that also will affect how we then take potential strike action, which we can talk about again at the end. Um, so members that are mainly just doing their PhDs and not doing any extra work, then they're known as student members and they don't vote. And also they won't be expected to uh, participate in the strike in the same way uh, so we can talk about that but in terms of the issues I mean I think I think I'm not alone in saying that um, it's quite obvious to most PGRs students and staff that the conditions of work in higher education are pretty overwhelming um, 
and workload is quite unmanageable. And I know for me and many of us, this might have been a career that they wanted to go into and they're now doubtful of that based on the current conditions. So um, at the moment, UC research has shown that um, most academic members of staff are working upwards of 60 hours a week, but most contracts only pay for 35 hours and there's no overtime pay. And so people are excessively working, you know, way beyond um, a healthy working week. Um, and then on top of that, uh, the levels of precarity and, and kind of what's known as casualised work is is really massive and that kind of includes us now. Um, so whereas previously PhD students might have been contracted to teach whilst they were doing their PhDs, now we generally are hourly paid through um, Uni Workforce, which is a separate um, kind of agency. And therefore we don't have rights to things like sick pay when we're, if we don't, don't teach, we just don't get paid. Um, and so all of those things have really made the experience of studying and working in higher education um, a lot worse. Um, so there's some of the issues <laughs> that I'm particularly passionate about. And then also there's the, the impact of the, the gender and disability and ethnic pay gaps mean that generally um, people in those categories are spending longer or most of their career in the more of the precarious working conditions of low pay and precarious contracts rather than being able to kind of um, move into maybe jobs in tiers of the the profession that are a bit more stable with better conditions but for the for the majority of us you know especially in early career then we're facing pretty bleak working conditions um so that's a bit bleak <laughs> but obviously the point of the strike is not just about fighting against what's wrong but it's fighting for something um sure. we're at the university of southampton and we're not employed on contracts we've got this arm's length company called uni workforce which is basically a zero hours contract um you know there's no, there's no security whatsoever you know i've got a young kid i need to earn some extra income and it's it's really unreliable so that element of casualization is is is, is problematic really and it's interesting because it's one of the things that probably pgrs are most concerned about participating in the strike is because of our um our low pay in general in terms of our studentships if we are man if we manage to get funding but also the kind of precarity of are working and trying to get you know as many zero hours type many hours as we can that is one of the concerns people have about taking action that they're going to miss out on that pay and I think that's a sign of like how you know how bad how bad things are that people really are struggling to just miss a couple of hours a week because that means that they can't afford to pay rent and things like this. Sure and I heard from from others um, last week in a, in a in a UCU meeting that you know people are worried about taking strike action because they'll think they'll just get replaced because they haven't got a contract. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the very the very casualisation we're suffering from is, is leading to people being wary about taking strike action. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're well-known sort of conditions that, you know, we've seen in other sectors, but traditionally that hasn't been the case for universities, and, and it is now, unfortunately. Joe, sure, do you think that's sort of across the UK then, that these casualised yeah. working practices are taking place? Yeah, so obviously we're, we're, we're based in Southampton, and, and there are definitely issues which affect us here, but it isn't just a Southampton problem, and that's why... It is necessary to take action on a national level um, on behalf of the UCU because across the board these are the sorts of conditions um, affecting the sector and of course if one university was to really lead the way that'd be brilliant but they would uh, likely argue that would make them less competitive and so it needs to be something that all universities are implementing because you know if in one university they're having a 35 hour working week great but if that means that their research outputs and everything else is less good as a consequence then you know, they're going to argue that that doesn't work for them. So it needs to be a across-the-board thing. 
Sure. So in terms of this this action, this industrial action, are we looking to pressure the government or the individual universities to make changes? What's what's the target for our action? Well, the universe, university system is um, not necessarily the easiest for lay members and definitely PDRs to follow, but we have our own university management um, here at Southampton, but also our management are part of a network of management um, who negotiate paying conditions on behalf of the whole sector. And they're also part of a ski- the pension scheme, which does the same thing. And so the, the kind of target of the action is on our immediate managers, but so that they take that to the higher management bodies to kind of negotiate on these conditions. And the every year, the UCU and also the other campus trade unions of um, Unison and Unite and the GMB put together a pay claim. And this strike action is over that pay claim. And they put in various things that they wanted to see out of that. Um, yeah. And that is something I think as a union, we should be promoting more, not just what the issues are, but what we are putting forward as the solutions. And so one thing we've asked for is a actually meaningful and workable 35-hour week with structures of overtime if you work over that Um, and uh, commitments to tackling the gender, ethnic and disability pay gaps and um, I'm trying to remember what else is in there off the top of my head. Uh, We've got a position of no detriment on USS which means that we don't think members should be paying more, Um, either the employer should or there shouldn't actually be the need for further payment so these are some of the specific things which we're fighting over okay so um in a previous life i was a teacher and with the nuti I striked over pensions um but i i feel that was fairly ineffective sort of one day strikes mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago there were strikes over the uss uh pension scheme and and you know that was a rolling strike for how many days was that it was 14 days over four weeks right that's right yeah so it built up didn't it one day then two days and yeah. three um, and that really gave a lot of people a lot of confidence, I noticed, and um, people were really behind that. So I think that really helped this round of strikes sort of take off. Uh, and I think Southampton's got a high um, high yes vote, Was that is that right? And a high turnout? Yeah, I mean, we have one of the highest turnouts in the of all the, all the places ballots, and it's also, I think, been our highest or one of our highest ever um, thresholds and yes votes fraction. Um, and I think that reflects that growing confidence of, of members to engage in the union's um, decision making and, um, you know, a drive to want to fight on these issues. But traditionally, the union as a whole has been, um, well, fairly conservative in its actions. So back in 2014, we had a two hour strike um, <laughs> and, you know, several one day strikes or two man. day strikes. So actually in that context the 14 days was a massive um step forward and it was it was quite unexpected i think for both members in a way and um management for us to do that but it was clearly very effective um and you know similarly some some people are concerned that eight days is quite a lot in one go but you know a lot of people i've spoken to have said well it shows their determination about how we're going to be going on with this we're not just going to do one day and see how it goes we're going all out for this yeah, because um, they're things which we are, we will fight for. Um, well, it's becoming intolerable, isn't it? The yeah, sort of conditions. So, bearing in mind the confidence of the staff to strike, um, but we talked about earlier about the PGRs sort of reluctance due to their conditions. What advice would you give to fellow PGRs on whether they should strike or not? Oh, well, the first thing is well, it's probably there's three things, and they're not in this order. <laughs> but if it is an issue of money, and you're a member of the UCU, then we have a strike fund. 
Um, and that is precisely because we recognise, and unions traditionally have recognised, that you can't sustain a strike action if you don't support members because, you know, hunger will bring them back back to work. So there is a strike fund that you can access and there'll be information going out about how you do that. And there's both a national one and a local one. Um, but for me, I think the two main things, the first is, as we outlined, our individual reasons why this affects us. This is a strike that is about our immediate conditions and also the conditions of our work for the future. Um, so that is clearly one aspect. But also... Um, unions find their strength in our collectivity um, and if people uh, don't strike now and they're a member of the union then they're going to make it that much harder for us to negotiate in the future um, so if employers know that okay you can call strike action but people don't participate in it they regularly break it um, or aren't engaged as, as a kind of membership body then they will I mean they're more likely to not take us seriously. In fact, in a previous job when I was in Unison, our, um, our vice chancellor said uh, to students actually, he told us that uh, he wasn't concerned because uh, we weren't a real threat. Wow. Uh, we weren't going to do anything, uh, basically. So, you know, they are aware of us and they're, they're looking at our turnout figures as much as we are to kind of get a feeling for uh, what the mood is. Um, yeah, so go for it. Yeah, I mean... So yeah, for me, I think, it, yeah, it's about our collectivity as a union um, and just standing together. And that is a strong tradition of trade unionism is that we all vote and during the process of voting, you know, we have our different opinions. We argue about tactics and timing, but when a decision's been made, we, we all stick by it. And that mm -hmm. is a way that, you know, individuals can't be undermined. Um, so that is something I'm very passionate about. But also I think, yeah, as I said, on this issue, like the relevance to PGRs is very high. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing this in solidarity with my... My, my colleagues who are lecturers and full-time staff but I'm doing it for myself in a way because you know I want to be have a career in academia and mm. it makes sense doesn't it yeah and the other thing when we talk about strike and taking strike action as a PGR then really we're talking about if you do paid work um so if you have scheduled teaching classes during the strike um then to uh, not turn up for those um that's the main like main way you can not work the other thing to do would be to not be checking your emails um and to not turn up onto campus so unless you're joining a picket line and so they're all visible ways at which the impact of the strike can be felt um but if you're someone who's not teaching during that time or you don't teach and you're a student member some of those are still things you could do so not turning up to campus not attending university events and seminars um supporting the picket lines um you won't, as a student member, lose any of your studentship payments because you're not officially on strike, but you can still support the strike and the impact of it by not participating in university activities. Sure, yeah. During the previous strike, I was on the picket with my lecturers and I think they really appreciated the support there. Oh, Just, 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Cool. If you'd like to ask questions or have your say on the issues we're discussing, you can find us on Twitter at universe underscore social. Or you can email us at social.universe at outlook.com. 